All right, all right. Welcome. This is Orion Rising. I am your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into the show. All right, it's Friday night. Friday night. Namaste. Welcome. Share this out. Share this out. Share this out. Right? Friday night, alien interview. Going to continue. We just ended the first part of of uh, chapter nine. Right? I'm going to pick up right there. <clears throat> the end of chapter nine, part one. And we're going to start at part two. Julie, welcome. Jacob, welcome, my brother. Good evening. Good afternoon. Good morrow. Right? Welcome, welcome, welcome. So we're going to do some more of the alien interview. It's Friday night. Right? Like I said, share this out. Share this out, please. I don't share this out. I used to share it out and, and we would get a bigger audience. Um, but now, you know, I just don't have the time in between doing everything to share it out. What I need to start doing is going back to the calendar and adding it to the calendar. And then I can spam the calendar. Right? After that. Right. Cheryl, welcome. Welcome. Um, like I said, share this out and we're going to pick up uh, right there at uh, chapter nine. We'll get started uh, at that. Uh, a lot of craziness going on in the world. I'm not going to talk politics. Right. I'm going to come back and I would have to come back on and do uh, some politics. But everybody's doing that. Right. I am going to be doing another show um, like I used to do before on uh, either Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm not sure exactly which I might do both. We'll see, right? It just depends on how much that takes my time away from taking care of my mom, right? Taking care of my mother. I can't, I don't like doing that for extended periods, you know, doing the long uh, webinars that we were doing earlier in the year where they were eight, 12 hour uh, webinars. It's just, you know, yeah, politics gets exhausting, right, Jacob? That's why I'm, I'm agreeing with you, right? And Cheryl, welcome, 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 right? So we have the Cheryl Capone and now we have Cheryl Cameron. So uh, for those of you listening on the MP3 file broadcast, I didn't say Cheryl twice because I was repeating myself to the same person as two different women. <laughs> S-H-E-R-Y-L and C-H-E-R-Y-L. My mother spells her name S-H-E-R-R-Y-L. Right? So Cheryl spelled many different ways, different, different people. I guess all names are that way, right? Yeah. Names are subjective to, you know, uh, I saw a guy, and he spelled his name. His name was Jeff, and he spelled it like Goff, the quarterback, does for, for I forget who he plays for now. <laughs> I think he used to be in the Rams, but I'm not sure. Uh, but his name was, you know, the G-E-O-F-F, and that's Jeff to one person and Goff to another, right? And then you have Brett Favre, and his name was spelled Favre, right? But it was that French Creole. So even though the R and the V and the E are all in the wrong places, you, you don't pronounce it the way it looks, right? So names are names. They're weird. That's just like Orion Rising, everybody. I say Orion Rising. People see it, and they say Orion. Or they call me Orion. Like, that's my name. <laughs> my name is, you can see it on the screen over here, Leonard O'Neill. <laughs> right? Not Orion, but they call me Orion, and I'm all right with that. As long as they get the Orion part right, they don't say Orion. It's Orion, the constellation of Orion in the sky. Do you see that? Orion rising. Not Ryan, not Orion. Orion, constellation Orion. Right? <laughs> so like I said, share this out, share this out, share this out. We're going to get into, uh, we'll get right into that right away. I was just kind of letting the crowd build because I didn't, uh, I didn't share this uh, prior to. I haven't really done that for about six months. I used to spam every day, uh, and, and there's a difference in the amount of people that I get. If I spammed it the way I did before, I would have, I would have like 50 people in here right now instead of like five or six, right? 
But yeah, right. See, you actually have a grandson. Uh, Julie actually says nothing wrong with that. I have a grandson named Orion. That's a cool name. I have a great nephew named Odin. <laughs> so yeah, names are cool, man. And and what they mean if if you if you chose it because of the what they mean. My name is Leonard. That means Lionheart. It's the same as Leonidas. That's the same word. That's the Greek word for Leonard. My spelling is an is an old German spelling. It isn't actually the current German spelling for Lionheart, but it's an old German spelling uh, that got kind of caught up by the Gales, right? Uh, the Gaelic people, and it ended up with my family. You know, has that name running through it, <laughs> right? Leonard, also Edward, <laughs> right? But you know, we pay attention to what. Uh, his brother, his brothers are Odin and Ozzy, and that's true. They are actually Odin, uh, uh, Odin, Orion, and Ozzy. Julie, you rock. <laughs> or actually, your 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 grandsons or their, their parents, your daughter or, or son or whoever is their parent that comes from your side, they rock. Those are good names, right? Odin, Ozzy, and, and Orion. That's badass. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> that's kind of cool, right? It's your daughter. I knew it obviously was one or the other, right? So your daughter is the is the mother of, of them. She rocks. Tell her I said that. <laughs> Tell her I was talking about you on air on a podcast called Orion Rising because of your kids and and Leo was having a great day, right? Denise, welcome. Leo was having a great day because uh, because of the names, right? And then you could say his grand great grand uh, uh, nephew. Uh, is uh, is Odin and Orion is the name of his podcast, Orion Rising, and and Ozzy Osbourne is in fact one of my, if not my favorite, uh, heavy metal artist, especially uh, his singing abilities and songwriting abilities. Um, he's a you know he's a rock god, right? He is the Prince of Darkness. Ask him, <laughs> right? Ozzy, long live Ozzy Osbourne, <laughs> right? Uh, and uh, anyway, so let's go ahead and get and, and go straight into this guy right here. Right. Let's go ahead and start this and make sure that I'm off camera. Okay. So let's go ahead and start this. Uh, so if you're following along, we are, we did actually, you know, one week there, two weeks ago, we didn't talk about, um, you know, at all this alien interview because we got sidetracked on the everything else. It was a good conversation though. Uh, and uh, I still have to uh, finish posting one of those. Um, I don't know if I got all the parts out or not. I'll have to check it. I'll take a look. Cause there was one we did that was really long and I haven't got all the parts out yet. Because like uh, if you go to Anchor FM where I I don't pay them, so they don't allow me to do over three hours per podcast. So I have to split any podcast that is over three hours into two segments and put them up there, A and B or part one, part two. Um, so I don't pay them, but I, I pay a Podbean so I can go 10 hours. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I don't know if there's a limit, right? Joe Smith. I knew a Joe Smith when I was younger. Welcome. I wonder if you're that same Joe Smith. I know everybody's like, you know, Smith and Jones, right? Um, but yeah, that's cool. Welcome, Joe Smith. Where are you from, brother? If you're from the San Francisco Bay Area, then uh, Pleasant Hill, Walnut Creek, Concord area, then you might be the Joe Smith that I used to work with. If not, welcome. You have a name that's very common. <laughs> share this out, share this out, share this out. Okay, so yeah, that is you, Joe. What, bro? I haven't spoke to you forever. Well, if we're not friends, send me a friend's uh, request, buddy. Those of you who don't know who this man is, this is Joe Smith. And he and I were kids together uh, working for um, the Century Theater, which is uh, no longer there. They tore it down. Um, I still have pictures of that after they flattened it, bro. 
And uh, he and I got into all kinds of uh, trouble as teenagers going, <laughs> and he joined the, the army and uh, he ended up coming back and then uh, he was gone and I was gone. And all our lives started and most of us are still friends. Welcome, my friend. As soon as I saw that name, I was like, I wonder if that's the Joe Smith I know. <laughs> right? Yeah, see, we got into a lot of trouble, didn't we? Yeah, we did. A lot of trouble. A lot of trouble. And a lot of it we didn't get caught for. Most of it, if we'd have gotten caught for half of the shit we did, probably you and I wouldn't be here right now because we'd have been in jail still. <laughs> or just getting out on parole, right? Yeah, we were we were underage, uh, running around doing crazy shit. Right? Wasn't it you that was with that was with it was, right? It was you, me, um, and a couple other guys. I think you were still there when we went hiking up on the first strawberry and almost got busted by the MPs. I don't know if you were there that night. I think you were though. Um, but I, <laughs> I still tell that story, bro. You know that uh, I don't know if you remember the, the Sausalito side of the Golden Gate Bridge up on top where the military battery was. I'm sure you remembered, even if you and I didn't go there together. They actually have railings up there now. When we were up there, there was nothing. You could fall off the edge of the world and die, right? And fall down into the San Francisco Bay, which was like, you know, what was that? Like 200, 300 yards below or more. They have railings up there now. They show it on. It's still one of the things they always film and show, right? Yeah, and Mike Morash was with us. All the crazies, right? <laughs> it was Parodi, Morash, you, me. I don't remember who else. <laughs> and we had to go. We had to freaking uh, sneak back down to the car. Guys, this is a great story. Joe, I'm glad you showed up just so these people can hear this. We were young and stupid, and all of us were uh, were either paramilitary or military. I didn't end up joining. All these guys that, that we're talking about, they were all current in the military i wasn't and and uh we decided to go and just freaking go on a hike in full combat gear so we drove to the other side of the golden gate bridge where there's a old military fort there up on the hill and down uh in the valley una welcome hey welcome welcome and we went there but we went there when you weren't supposed to be there right you had to drive through this one-way tunnel to get there right literally had to wait for the light to turn green and the other one was red and so you drove through this tunnel that was like a half a mile or a mile long just to get across or you had to go way up over the mountain and down to get into the the military base and there was a a beach there that people would go to and we hiked up to the old batteries where they had plugged up the the it was a you know military base inside the mountain and they plugged it all up and we were up there where we weren't supposed to be and the MPs started coming checking people because they weren't supposed to be there after certain hours and we were still there and they were shining lights up on the mountain trying to look for us and we all went commando and got into the shadows and we snuck all the way back down the mountain and uh, hopped in the car before the MPs could could catch us and we split like like drove like a maniac to get the hell out of there it was one of the, it was fun anyways well i'm glad that you're that joe smith brother because you know we should talk man um so yeah if we're if we're not friends then uh, make sure you give me a friends request i believe that we are though uh and uh wow welcome okay so uh, I'm going to go ahead and start now that I've wasted like 13 minutes. I always do that for the introduction. I just kind of do that to get everybody to to kind of settle in and share this out and stuff like that. And show up, get some popcorn, whatever you're going to do. Okay, so this interview took place back in 1947. This is the uncovered interview from Roswell, New Mexico, from the spaceship that didn't crash, quote unquote. My fingers are up. You can't see me. I guess I could put myself on the screen here and not, and not be, you know, until we go. There we go. Until we go back live, growing my Santa Claus beard. Right, I am old enough that my hair went white by the time I was forty-five. Uh, not the hair on my head. I still got hair on my head. It's still kind of you know got the red in it, but my hair on my face gone white. So I grow a Santa beard every year, and uh, this year I started it early. And I'm gonna have a nice, big, good Santa beard for everybody to look at because I'm not wearing a mask. 
right? <laughs> Refuse to wear a mask. These guys can kiss my butt. Okay, so uh, back in 1947, apparently the this woman was a nurse, and I had heard about this before. I'm going to quickly go over this. It's in the description, but those of you who who for whatever reason didn't read the description, you know what's what's going on now. I don't doubt that this is an alien that is doing this interview, and it's not really an interview. It's more of a it's more of a dissertation. Because the, the, the alien is just doing all the speaking and does not take any questions. And um, she's just, and she is, uh, is a female. She was the pilot of the downed aircraft. And she stayed, in, and I believe that, I say this on every episode, if you haven't seen the movie, The Usual Suspects, you should take a look at it because I, I always refer to what she's doing as pulling a verbal Kent. Uh, verbal Kent was played by Kevin Spacey, and he was uh, an outlaw. They were all criminals uh, in there. That's why it was called The Usual Suspects. And um, he was giving the account of his version of what had happened. And they were looking for Dean Keaton. And he was supposed to be Kaiser Sose. And um, nobody knew who this guy looked like. And the only person who survived this this episode was was um, um, Kevin Spacey's character. And he was talking to the FBI. And he knew that he was going to be released. And what he didn't know was that he was already ordered to be released. But they were keeping him anyways. And um, he was given a story of what was going on. And as it turns out, at the end, he was given the FBI total bullshit. He made the whole thing up by looking around the room. And you know how in a police station, they always have shit tacked everywhere. They either got a case going on or wanted posters or what this and that. And he used all of that to spin this yarn. And you don't find out about it, don't realize it until the FBI agent realizes it. And by this time, he's gone. So they couldn't question him and figure out who Kaiser Sose was. You should see the movie. It's a really good uh, movie. Uh, but he gets away at the end and then never tells them what really happened. And it's really cool. And there's a really good plot twist. So she's doing the same thing. She got captured or allowed herself to get captured. And then she asked for, once she made contact with this female nurse telepathically, she wouldn't communicate with anyone else. So the nurse got, of course, in a, a promotion and sworn to secrecy and yada, yada. So then, then she would communicate to the nurse. The nurse would write everything down, uh, or they would record it on audio, and sometimes both. And um, the guys, you know, she kept asking for books and magazines and all this stuff, and she never slept. So while everybody was sleeping, she was reading all these books. And then she would talk about Earth, and I'm pointing out how she's using the knowledge, doing the same thing, pulling a verbal Kent. She's using the knowledge she gained about Earth from all these books, and she's making up stuff and mixing it with stuff. And she's lying about all kinds of shit, and she's making us look like we're lower than the lowest species in the in the history of the universe, and uh, you know that we're of course trapped here, and this is a prison. And I've been pointing out all the bullshit that that is is just blowing holes in that whole theory, right? Um, so that's what I'm doing here. I did the, you know with the law of one, I interpreted that, and I did took two and a half years to interpret that. Oh, Melissa, I didn't see you there. Welcome. I was too busy talking and looking at the camera, and not at the not at the chat. So, um, so I, I listened to this it was four, it's four hours long in total, right? I'm making it a lot longer because I keep stopping and talking about it, but you'll see as we go, if you're new here for the first time or a listener that's on the, the MP3 file, uh, listening in, then, um, you may not know that. Um, so, uh, and then Joe just made a comment. What did you say, Joe? Hold on. I'm going to check and see what that was. That you just said, <laughs> he just, did you message me with that? He said, you're not on on Facebook that often. 
Um, well, that's okay. I'm on other platforms, brother. I'm, uh, you know, you can get me on Messenger, but uh, the only time I'm on Facebook really these days is I check it, you know, during the day. But most of the time, I use Messenger as my communication, and I use the platform. You, I use YouTube and Facebook to uh, broadcast the show, and then I put it out wherever you listen to a, a podcast on an MP3. It goes out as I pay. Um, uh, uh, Podbean to to put that out to the world, and then other places that I have linked it to also puts it out to the world, so you can listen to it anywhere you listen to podcasts. And if it's not there, go to Podbean Orion, you know, slash Orion Rising, and you can get the RSS code. <clears throat> it's there for you to take. You can take it and go to your place where you listen to the podcast and and put it to the, give it to them, and it will then automatically go to them whenever I publish something there. In case you don't want to watch the MP4 uh, version, sometimes I have visuals uh, when I'm interviewing other people. I have visuals and, and stuff for people to see, so you can see that. But most of the time, I I have everything kind of tuned towards you don't need to actually see anything. Okay, so let's go ahead and continue with this. Let me start it here. Let me go full screen here. Get my ugly mug off the screen <clears throat> so this is uh the end of chapter nine part one right and then it says on the screen please proceed to part two those of you uh, you may actually have the, the book that you could follow along with this information came out only a couple years ago when she was about to die uh she decided to take all the information that she kept and stole and gave it to this reporter who put this all together and is putting it out to the world so this hasn't been out on uh, to the world a very long, only a, a year or two, if that, right? If that. So that's why no one's doing this. No, I don't have heard of anyone that has picked this up and they're uh, talking about this at all besides me. And if I'm wrong and there is somebody out there that is, let me know because I'd love to hear their take on it. All right, so let's go ahead and continue. And if this is not loud enough or you can't hear it, let me know because we had a couple technical difficulties a few weeks ago and we couldn't hear it. So uh, let me know uh, if you can't. So I'm going to go ahead and play it. And it'll take a second. He'll start up. Yeah, it is playing. Okay. That's just the pause in between chapters. So it'll get there. So here we go. Roswell Alien Interview Part 9. This includes a religion of mumbo-jumbo doublespeak. Every pyramid civilization uses this as part of a control mechanism to keep the population enslaved by force, by fear, and by ignorance. The end See, and this is where she attacks, again, we, we covered a little bit of this, this is where she attacks the religion because, and I talked about that at the end because she mentioned that at the end of last week, <clears throat> that, you know, this, this mumbo-jumbo doublespeak religion that came out of the pyramid civilization uh, and that is, uh, again, she's using that and claiming that all. So that basically spawned all of the current, at least the current big three religions that are currently on the on the planet. And and again, there's rumor that that was either spawned these other religions in the east or their religion was what spawned the, the Egyptian religion. Either way, the majority of the religions that we have on this planet came from that ideology that will also spawned the pyramid civilizations ideology of religion. And that carried over, obviously, with uh, Moses and that whole storyline. And then, you know, the Exodus and all of that that goes into the Bibles. And then, of course, uh, Christianity afterwards. And then, of course, Muslim uh, after that. And uh, you know, so you have the Hebrew religion and you have the Christian religion and you have the Muslim religion. 
And those are the big three. But then when you look at the other religions that are in Europe, they're also loosely based on the same thing. So you look at the Druidism, Wiccanism, Paganism, Heathenism, uh, all of that. And then when you go east, they're all basically the same. And, mo and, and most of us these days think that everything from the west started in the east because the east has been around longer than the west as far as uh, uh, the civilizations go, as far as you know, ancient civilizations and having religions. But they all had religions. Uh, but the, the dominance became this. And so she's claiming basically that every religion you've ever heard of on the planet, it was all bullshit. It was made up to keep you stupid. That's what she's claiming. And I you know, obviously don't believe that. Decipherable muddle of irrelevant information, geometric designs, mathematical calculation, astronomical alignments are part of the false spirituality based on solid objects rather than immortal spirits. In order See, so, yeah, so the, again, the representation, if you know anything about history and religion, which I do, obviously, um, you know, the, 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 what, what she's saying is all the representations that you see on any cave drawing now, she's claiming, are all these geometric shapes that were all invented to keep you stupid. It has nothing to do with reality or, or actual spirits. And that's just a lie. It has everything to do with the mythological ideology of spirits. Every representation I have ever seen anywhere, when they're when they're being spiritual, it's obvious that they're being spiritual. It's different than having a, a, a cave art of a man with a spear going after a, a cow. It's different. And even that is actually spiritual if it's in the right place. Do you understand? Even that's spiritual if you go, the further east you go, the more that becomes spiritual. So. So the representation, they're claiming, oh, well, you know, they we, we spent so much time keeping you guys prisoner that they have a contingency now. And this is how idiotic this is, because it carries right over from the end of that last chapter and the beginning of this one. Right. So here's their plan. Here's the, you're supposed to buy the fact that we were created by some other race, not hers, because her race is the conquering race, but not freeing us. They're just conquering and just have conquered this quadrant of the universe because it's a good jump off point to invade and take over the center of the Milky Way galaxy. Because that's what they're trying to do, trying to take over this entire galaxy. And there's already people in place here. And these people like Dr. Evil, put us on a, on a, on a planet that is an easily escapable uh, planet with two inept guards. But yet, we're, but yet they spent so much time on detail to keep us here. So let me run down. If you haven't been listening to this podcast, let me give you the long and short, because you can't do it short. I'll try to. The long and short of what she says was the extent to keep us locked in this easily escapable prison. Right. And I'll show you how it's easily escapable as well, really quickly. So she claims that they found Earth, which is the most unhospitable planet to live on, the harshest planet in the universe that they could find. In fact, they've even said that if they ever found hell, they were sure that, that Earth was going to be worse than hell. And so they would rent this place out and live in hell. Right. And I say that all the time. That's right. I stole that from tombs uh, in uh, the Chronicles of Riddick. Right. So. So they found this planet, and because they are a totalitarian fascist regime uh, bent on conquering, it's the only reason for it, everyone who did, was uh, opposed to their ideology in any way, or free thinkers, or creative people 
in any way, dancing, poetry, film, whatever, they were all arrested and put into this prison that is Earth, along with psychopathic lunatics. Okay, we call that good and evil here. Okay, but they but they claim that we're a class in and of ourselves, and we're a pain in the ass, and nobody wants to have any part of us, and so they can't destroy our our immortal soul. So what they do is they damage it so that you don't remember, and then they stick you in this body. Now, they've stuck us on a planet where the planet's trying to kill us and quite often kills thousands of us at a time, which jettisons us out of this body that has erased our minds, and now we, can, now we have our memory coming back. So what they did was they said, well, now we got to have some machines that we're going to put outside of the planet. So when the souls pop out of this planet where, you know, we put them on that was completely hostile to them and their life expectancy is about, you know, 87 years, used to be less, used to be more at one time as well. So the life expectancy fluctuates. We don't know how long they're going to live. The planet's trying to kill them. They're trying to kill each other. So we're going to allow that to happen. Because we think it's funny that they're torturing each other. But now we have this problem. So now we put, we're going to manufacture, manufacture these devices like fly traps and put them around the planet. Don't put a biodome up so there's no way to get out, but put up some of these around the planet in the more kind of highways of exit, hoping to catch everybody. And then maybe that one or two inept guard can run around and plug the holes in the spaces where people might get out. I'm supposed to buy all this. Now, this was done so long ago that, and they were forced to, and she's about to talk about that, forced to pull out and not be having their own troops guarding it anymore. So now they appointed the prisoners to be in charge. Only the most psychopathic, crazy prisoners are the ones that are in charge now, and they're supposed to keep everybody stupid. So they've invented the matrix system that we have with the television and the internet and everything distracting you to keep you away from learning the knowledge you need to learn to wake up and understand what's happening to you. But yet, everything is failing, and then they made sure that we didn't have anything architectural-wise or otherwise that would remind us of the old empire or where any of us came from. However, they allowed us to have different races that resemble those peoples that where we came from, contradiction in terms here, right? And we were allowed to bring some of our skills through from each uh, race. But they don't want any of that to happen because that'll make us remember that we came from somewhere else. Yet that's what's happening on the planet. So, so they built this easily escapable prison, and I'm supposed to buy it, and that I'm in here, and you're in here, and we all can't know anything, yet we're all being told, even by her, that it's a prison, and that all of this was done to keep us from remembering, yet she's telling us that. So there's got to be some law she's breaking by telling us that. Or she's trying to tell us a little truth with many lies. So what's the lies? That's what we're here for. It's obvious that this place is not a penal colony because if it was, it is the worst designed penal colony in the history of all history. We design, we prisoners design a better penal system on this planet, in this country by itself, not to mention other countries where they have gulags and all of that. We create in this planet, us prisoners create prisons that you cannot escape from, that one in a million 
can figure out how to escape from. Yet, these all-seeing, all-knowing creators of this human race, quote-unquote, finger quotes in the air, couldn't figure out the same exact prison penal colony. Even after we built it and they can see it, they didn't change their penal colony to look like ours, which no one gets away from. Again, easily escapable dungeon with two inept guards. Okay, so I'm supposed to buy that that somehow that system works and we don't escape from it. But yet, I'm learning that knowledge. We're all learning that knowledge. But yet we're not supposed to know it. Because what would happen, do you think, if all of us decided, wait, we're not really prisoners and we're free souls. And all at once we decided that. Which is what we're working towards here. And she even gives us that clue. So is she trying to help us escape by planting a seed in 1947? Or is she trying to discourage us? Either way, she's not talking and coming from a place of her supposed age. She said she was like 10, 12 trillion, trillion, trillion years old. So if she was that old, she would be really, 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 really fucking wise and far more wise than I could ever be at this current stage in my life. Yet, I see her speaking like as if she is a 3D person in this reality. I hear her verbiage, and I know that she's, she's, she's supposedly giving thoughts to this woman, and the woman's translating it into our language. I understand that. But if she were so benevolent like she claims, there would be some place where she would say, I don't know what the words are in your simple language to convey this idea that I have. Now, when uh, listening to other people that are supposedly channeling other aliens, I find that to be the case. Okay? Mathematics here, timelines here, People that are not in this linear space-time or time-space, they're in space-time, which means that past, present, and future all happen now for them because they're not moving as fast as we are, as close to the speed of light as we are. We are sped up moving really, really fast, which in, in their minds is, is actually slow because everything happens all at once. So when they're trying to calculate time, distance, years, that sort of thing from their perspective into our perspective, raw, they had hard times doing that over and over again and trying to be precise. Do you see? And then they would, they would correct it when they figured out that they made a mistake and they would correct it. None of that has happened with her at all. Everything is a matter of fact and everything is listen to what I have to say and don't ask me any questions. But I'm going to berate you and tell you how stupid you are and how you're so stuck and that everything, there is nothing. But yet she's telling us that there's all this stuff that we have now built, all of our technology, all of our, our uh, architecture, all of our literature, and everything that we have now put together in the last 12,000 years alone is, in fact, remnants of our memory from everywhere else. Yet you're stuck in this, un this unescapable prison where you're never going to get out of, yet it's breaking down and it's not working properly and you guys are, are starting to wake up. But you can never escape because even if you do wake up, you get caught and come back here because you're a slave and that's what they do and they're complacent. Do you see? So it's a lot of bullshit doublespeak. A lot of bullshit double talk. 
were to confuse and disorient the Isbis on earth. When the body of a person died, they were buried with their earthly possessions, including their former body wrapped in linen to sustain their soul or ka after death. An Isbi does not have a soul. An Isbi is a soul. On the home planet of an Isbi, their material possessions were not lost, stolen, or forgotten when the being died or left the body. An Isbi could return and claim the possessions. However, if the Isbi has amnesia, they will not remember that they had any possession. So governments, insurance companies, bankers, family members, and other vultures can pick their possessions clean without fear of retribution from the deceased. The only reason for these false meanings is to instill the idea that an Isbi is not a spirit but a physical object. This is a lie. This is a trap for an Isbi. See, and, and now I, I wasn't alive in 1947, so I can't speak to whether or not the churches back then were telling you that you're nothing and that you're not an immortal soul. Because, And I even asked my brother about this, right? And my brother and I have spent most of our adult lives studying religion and he can't find anywhere in any uh, uh, translation of any bible where that was the case so unless the clergy themselves were actually discouraging people and telling them no only god and jesus have souls and you don't i never ever heard that story i've never heard anyone say that i do know that most people back in 1947 were not enlightened enough to maybe ponder the idea that they had a soul. What the, but where was the programming other than the distractions? Do you see? She's claiming that the religions also were, were doing that, and I don't see that. I do see that further back in history, and we know this, further back in history, at the time of the pharaohs, they did say that. The priests were the God on earth. That did happen, but that was thousands of years ago. The ideology of that is still here and present. Like if you look at North Korea, they believe that, that Kim Jong-un or whatever this new one is, there was Kim Jong-il and Kim Jong-dead and Kim Jong-shong and Kim Jong-flong-dong-dop, I don't know. They all killed each other, but the one that's in there now they all have been told for generations going back to a thousand years that they're gods. They still believe that. North Koreans still believe that their president is a god. So that's still apparent on this planet. Now, we know that the same thing was in Rome, that the, that the, that the Caesars were god on earth, right? And everybody in the Roman Empire, whatever little teeny piece of power they had, they claimed they were sent by God. So there was a lot of that going on. But, but around the time of the Renaissance... And coming forward, if you look at the Greek Empire, they didn't consider themselves gods, right? The Greeks were more socialistic. I hate to say that because some of you hate that word. It triggers you. But the Greeks were socialistic. Everyone got everything exactly free, the same as everyone else. Everyone. So the king didn't have any more wealth than the, than the lowest peasant. Everyone got an equal share of everything in that society. And they survived for a thousand years or so. Right. And so then when you take a look at how they based our governments, the, the governments that we have now, it was based on the mistakes of the Roman Empire and the, and the Greek Empire and a few other empires. And you know, Homer wrote the, you know, the, the book about or talked about the, uh, the Republic, wrote the Republic. And then the American government was based off of that. They actually used that as a basis 
for the American government. The French government did the same. The Canadian government, they were all basing all the governments that are free now that have some sort of voting system and parliament, the English, even though they had the monarchy, <clears throat> the monarchy now is just figureheads. They, they don't, they're just there as, uh, you know, as royalty, but they don't, they don't really do anything in the government anymore. They're just kind of a token of the past. Right. But but they're obviously uh, you know a lot higher station than than say the president even though they have the president of the United States or any other president from any other country is kind of elevated to almost the same. It's still different for monarchies. It's still different for the crown, right? I mean, come on, let's be serious. However, that's still just a monarchy and it's and it's a remnant of the past. So there was a time when what she's saying is true, but she's acting like that even in 1947. That's the case. And saying even going forward, it would still be the case. So here we are in 2021. And that's completely opposite. There would be some people that would probably try to do that. That corruption is still here. But most of the people that are here on this planet now are are finding themselves <coughs> questioning the old ways because <clears throat> just because of that, because they see those things being distractions. So I get it, but it's not as prevalent as she's saying. And that just bugs me to no end how she's how she's treating our, our race here on the planet. Countless people have spent endless hours attempting to solve the jigsaw puzzle of Egypt and other old empire civilizations. They are puzzles made of pieces that do not fit. A question states its own answer. What is the mystery of Egypt and other pyramid cultures? Mystery. Circa 15,000 BCE. The old empire forces supervised the construction of hydraulic mining operations in the Andes Mountains in present-day Bolivia near Lake Titicaca, Lake of Ten Stones, at Tijuanaco, including construction of the massive stone complex of carved stone buildings known as Calasasaya and its Gate of the Sun at the elevation. I love how everybody always pronounces everything so differently when they talk about that, Lake Titicaca, and in like I've heard people say Tijuanaco instead of, and then I've heard people say Tijuanaco, and you know what I mean. <clears throat> I just think it's hilarious that everybody has a different take on all of these places, and you have to really listen to go, oh, okay, that's Tijuanaco, Tijuanaco, right? It's hilarious. It's it's just the way it is. Depends on where you're from, I guess. You know, potato, potato, tomato, tomato, right? Elevation of nearly 14,000 feet, 11,600 BCE, the polar axis of Earth shifted. The polar axis of Earth shifted to a sea area. The last ice age came to an end abruptly as the polar ice caps melted and the level of the ocean rose to submerge large sections of the land masses of Earth. The last remaining vestiges of Atlantis and Lemuria were covered by water. Massive extinctions of animals occurred in the Americas, Australia, and the Arctic regions due to the shift of the poles. 10,450 BCE. Plans were made by the old empire Isbi called Thoth for construction of a great pyramid of Giza. The four air shafts of the pyramid point precisely to key stars in the old empire as seen from Giza this year. The alignment. See, now, <clears throat> there's where she told a lot of real true history, right? And now, now she's talking about Thoth, the Isbe called Thoth, and how <clears throat> they're changing everything to the old empire stuff. Now, if he's an Isbe, he's here. That means he's mind-wiped. How does he have this knowledge to be changing the knowledge to the old empire? 
Do you understand? It's, how is that possible if if Thoth wasn't awake and remembering, right? And yet, right? So uh, Orion's belt, right? <clears throat> so, and that's what she's claiming, <clears throat> right? But here's my point here, and I don't think it's a lie because I called my show Orion Rising, and I used Orion's belt on my symbol. You can see it on the screen above the Giza Plateau at night, mirroring the Giza Plateau, with, right? And so she's claiming the same thing right here, talking about the Giza Plateau, talking about the, uh, you know, them aligning. But okay, so so that means that there was some reason that they did that. So they, it wasn't like they, they had to know. She's saying that they used this stuff that came from the old empire. And I believe they did. That's why I called my show that. My show is Orion Rising. So is my book, Orion Rising, because it is about, the, the book is not about that. The way is more uh, about that. But the book is about ancient alien uh, theory and the what if, right? But it's still, Orion Rising is, is ambiguous. It's, it's there because, Aaron, welcome, my friend. I didn't see you there, that you had popped in. Um, because Thoth learned to retain his total consciousness. Thank you. I was getting to that, Aaron. Thank you. Those of you who uh, who can't see Aaron's uh, stuff, that's why I'm, I'm reading that because he's absolutely right. I agree with him. And he knows that because we've talked about this. Um, so, and Aaron, before you go, I want you to plug, with, he has an event that's coming up, a couple hours of, of webinar that's coming up uh, uh, this month. <clears throat> And I'm going to be one of his speakers uh, that's going to be on there. So make sure you plug that in the in the chat there, Aaron. Put the put your little thing. I think it's the 24th. So give give those guys the what for with that. You guys should take a look at this and and come and uh, and listen to what we have to talk about because we'll be talking about this kind of stuff as well, right? It is a paid event though, so you guys will you will have to you will have to pay money for a seat, uh, you know, to to listen in. Uh, but it's going to be really cool. Going to be a couple hours long. It's going to be really cool. So. That's why I called my show Orion Rising because I believe that people say the pyramids have nothing to do with the constellation of Orion and the sky, right? Yeah, thank you. Please do send a link, uh, or you send it to me in Messenger, bro, and I can pop it up here, and then it'll go up on both chats, the uh, Facebook and YouTube. So send so link it to me in Messenger, brother. Okay, so I believe that that's the case. We are waking up as a race, as a species, and we're starting to understand our place in the universe. Now, is this place a prison that was designed by aliens? No. Is this place a prison? Yes. Because it's supposed to be. This place is the matrix. This place is the, the uh, panic room that you're in, in this avatar. And there is an easily escapable way out if you understand and you can find the door. So we're waking up as a species and currently we're going through the dark night of the soul as a species. That's why all the strife, that's why all this craziness is going on. COVID is, is forced people, even though they're trying to force it to, uh, down our throats for control, it is also forced and because of their evil, which that's why evil was invented, by the way, was to force change. Right. Yes. Aaron says this place is our chance to reset. Well, it, it basically is. And, and this is the truth of this. And if you read the law of one, I've just completed reading uh, all of the Gnostic Gospels, unless I'm missing one. Uh, I didn't get the, there's one that's called the Gnostic Bible. But every time I look it up, it's just the culmination of all the books that I already have read. So I've been studying that for the last week and a half, two weeks now, uh, going down those rabbit holes. And you really should if you haven't. Uh, but, you know, if you have already gone over and read the different tolments 
on this planet, the different dusty tomes from the different religions, then you should read everything that you could possibly find. The Gnostic Gospels were taken out because they didn't understand them and what they did understand of them, they didn't like because it painted the one true creator as a father-mother, as a, an androgynous spirit. Okay, so you can't have that when you're when you're trying to stamp out any kind of uh, sexual activity. However, it's all been always. You go to the Roman Empire, even when they were Christian, they still had bathhouses where you could have sex with boys, girls, men, women, whatever. They were all there. I, I don't know this because of my personal experience, but I literally know a man who went to Rome and was actually walking through the Colosseum and saw the the, the you know the advertisements on the walls. And was like, that says, you know, that's a spa to, uh, for little boys to have sex with them. And it, so it was like a brothel in this area. And, and they those were normal. And when they asked the tour guide, they're like, yeah, they slept with men, women, uh, girls, boys uh, in the Roman Empire. And the Greeks did the same. So most of these empires going back in time were, were didn't care. Sexuality was something that they did. And it was open and it was natural for them to do that. Now we were like, what? You know, that's just wrong to do. So the instinct is still in the human body for that. And then you have people that are identifying with that kind of stuff. Right. So we're having that more and more as we wake up more and more, we're having more and more people that are transgender changing their gender because they don't associate with that. A lot of people say that's a plot and it's just made up. It's not, you can't fight DNA, right? You can't fight DNA. So somebody who was born with the body of one sex, but they have an extra wire or X chromosome that makes them actually be associate their spirit associate with a different sex than what their body, you can't force them to act like the, what their body is because it's not what they are. It's what their body is. They're stuck in there. Okay. So, uh, you know, that's another debate for another time. But my point here is that they were trying to discourage a lot of that to control people. And they, and there was this stuff in there that was teaching them basically the stuff that Jesus was teaching, the stuff that Muhammad was teaching, the stuff that, that uh, uh, Moses and, and all the other prophets all these, including Gandhi and in all the, the Martin Luther King Jr., all these people were, were preaching peace, were preaching love, were not preaching violence, were talking anti-violence, anti-war, yet freedom, independence, independent thinking, independent thought. And that couldn't couldn't possibly be something that our that our prison masters wanted. Right. So the people who are in charge are evil and evil people want total control. So it has nothing to do with some alien race that came down here and made a penal colony here and then started throwing, tossing people into here. It's nothing to do with that whatsoever. But she's trying to get us to believe that. I don't believe that for a second, because if so, it's a easily escapable fucking dungeon with two inept guards because the system's breaking down. It's shit. If Thoth was awake back then, 5, 10, 12,000 years ago, 10,400 BCE, Thoth was awake enough then to tell us what was going on, and then you have the reoccurring Jesus theme, right? So all of this, all of this reoccurrence is telling us the opposite, okay? They're not saying, yes, you're, you're in a prison, and, uh, you know, and these people put you here. None of them that are coming to tell us what's going on, oh, well, that's because they don't know. Because they're mind wiped, quote unquote, finger quotes in the air. So Jesus was, quote unquote, mind wiped and just a crazy hippie. And so was everyone else in, throughout time and history that was trying Thoth, everyone, 
even Raw when they came and channeled between 81 and 84. Every interpretation that's anything other than a prison is a lie to make you think that you there's something else besides the prison that you're in. Right? I don't buy that. Right. And what I do buy, though, yes, Aaron, what I do buy is the cycles. I do buy that because I think that what happens is you have a group of people that come here because they're supposed to, because of the law of the universe. This place is where you go when you first think, you first realize I am something, whatever you were before that. You then evolve in this place. When you die there, you are born here as a human being because that's what is on this planet currently. Or you could be a dolphin or a whale. We don't want to go down that road. That's another whole conversation as well. But let's say human. And then you're supposed to hear, learn the things you're supposed to learn and choose whether or not you're going to be a good soul or an evil soul and act accordingly and move forward. And then after a certain time, you graduate. That's the end of a cycle. Everyone knows that it takes a certain amount of time. And to keep things kind of in perspective, because the universe works like a clock, the universe is on time always, even if it doesn't seem like it, there are cycles. Aaron brought it up in the chat. There are cycles. And at the end of a cycle, you, you either graduate or you, you move on or you start over in the next cycle until you pop off and graduate. But you're not stuck through the entire cycle. The only people who are stuck through the entire cycle are those of us who volunteered to come back here to try and help wake people up. We sign on for the cycle, right? Unless enough people are graduating that we can ascend with them. Do you understand? That's what's going on in the universe. But she's trying, and we know this, and I know this. So if I've learned this in the short 54 years that I have been on this planet, oh, wait, but maybe you've been on this planet for 10,000 years and you're, what well, maybe. I, I believe I have been here longer than that. And does some of that cycle through? Well, if this is not an easily escapable dungeon with two inept guards, then that shouldn't happen. No matter how long I'm here, it shouldn't bleed through, should it? Yet it happens. Why? Well, the system's breaking down. Okay. Then, then that means we're not going to be here much longer because the system is breaking down. She's telling us that. Other people are telling us that. So if this is that design penal colony that they claim and that we've been here for a billion years and we've all been stuck here because we're in this penal colony, it's breaking down. We're winning no matter how you look at it. Do you understand? But I don't believe that it is that after reading the, the dusty old tomes that I have read and all the ones that have been tried to be eradicated from this planet and, and brought back to light. The only ones I haven't read now are some of the Dead Sea Scrolls. I haven't read them myself. Right. I've heard about some of the translations and everyone wants to believe that Zachariah Stitchin uh, translated it right. Yet I hear that, it, that that was the wrong translation and that that was a lie that was propagated to keep us stuck. Right. Because those creatures that are evil from Orion's belt, not everybody from there is evil. I'm from there. There's evil and good. If you're in a 3D reality, it doesn't matter where in the Milky Way or where in all the multiverse you are. If you're in the three-dimensional era, that means there's tangible, physical beings like us humans, but uh, you could be other things as well. Lizards, chickens, I don't know bipedal, maybe more, but you have this, the whole scenario is around the exact same scenario that's happening here. doesn't matter what the flesh, 
represents, but you have the same soul in that uh, avatar stuck in this escape room inside of an escape room inside of an escape room and you're trying to look for the door or the key or both the knowledge is all the knowledge is that the knowledge is you're in a, a panic room there is a way out this is a puzzle there is a door there is a key you have to locate them put them together learn that knowledge to put them together to then graduate okay and the cycle that this planet was currently in has ended a long time ago. Right? Like 75,000 years ago, the cycle ended and no one was graduating. We've had like 38 souls graduate, supposedly, but in the 1982 era. Since then, I don't know. But even those, most of them came back to continue helping. And that's what they say. See, they, they go, well, that's the secret that they tell you. They convince you that you're on a mission from God. And that's what they do. Then they zap you, and then you don't remember, so it doesn't matter anymore. But my point here is, why would I create a situation where I was in a panic constantly trying to catch the, the leaking ship, trying to get all the water that was leaking into the ship out of the ship? Or the other way around, the rats are scurrying out of every hole, and you're trying to run around, catch them, and plug the holes at the same time because you designed a shitty fucking prison. Yet, I'm supposed to buy that it's a prison. I just don't buy it. Our prison's here. I could go and put my ass in San Quentin, and I would never be able to escape out of that. And I and we created that a fucking 100 years ago. That penal colony system was created thousands of years ago. First thing we did when we got here was created a better penal colony system than they had, than this place apparently is. Think about that, right? The prisoners are better at putting prisoners in prison than the prison they're in. That's just stupid. Do you see that happening anywhere? No, you don't. Do you see any prisons where the prisoners have made little prisons to put people in? Right? No, they don't. <laughs> so why would this prison be doing that if this were a prison? There'd be no, it wouldn't make sense. You're already in a prison. We don't need to lock you up. Right. And then even then, if that's the case and we figured that out because we're emulating the, the evil people that are put us here, how is it that we created a prison system better than theirs? They don't see it to correct their mistake in a billion years. In a billion years, we've been here, supposedly, and our own penal colony who check in on us because they have to capture us all the time. How'd you get away? They don't do any interrogation. They just go zap and put you back in here because they think their system's working when it's obviously not. No one thought to check that. No one in a billion years. If that's the case, we would be out of this place a billion years ago because these are the stupidest fucking people that I have ever heard of. Right? Oh, but maybe they're just have you thinking that to chase your tail and it's the matrix all over again. And maybe I'm over fucking thinking shit and I want to explain things like as if the planet is flat. And that ticks me off that she's trying to propagate that. But she's doing it to a people in 1947 who probably bought 100% everything she said. I doubt it because CIA is pretty smart. They ignore most of what people say anyway. They're just like, yeah, bullshit. I call bullshit on that. But then they listen and try and pick it apart. That's what I'm doing here. 
alignment of the pyramids of Giza on the ground matches perfectly the alignment of the constellation of Orion as seen in the sky from Giza relative to the Nile as the earthly representation of the Milky Way in the sky. 10,400 BCE According to the Earth historian Herodotus' records from the ruined civilizations of Atlantis containing electronic technology and other technology of that society were buried in a vault beneath the paws of the Sphinx. The Greek historian wrote that he was told about this by some of his friends who were priests of Anu, the Sumerian god, at the Egyptian city of Heliopolis. However, it is highly unlikely that any traces of an electronic civilization would be allowed to be left intact on Earth by the old empire prison system administrators. 8212 BCE the Veda or Vedic hymns are a set of religious hymns that were introduced to the societies of earth. They came forward in spoken tradition, memorized from generation to generation. The hymn to the dawn child includes an idea called the cycle of the physical universe, the creation, growth, conservation, decay, and death, or destruction of energy and matter in a space. These cycles produce time. The same set of hymns describes the theory of evolution. Here is a tremendous body of knowledge which contains a great deal of spiritual truth. See, Aaron, it's funny that you had said that, right? You're doing like like I do, getting ahead of where we're at, talking about cycles, right? Now she's actually talking about the cycles of life. But everything is that way, cyclical. The planet, the universe, right? Everything is cyclical. and So everything is in order. Right, so they would. So then, chaos is introduced into that order. But but see, I'm finding out. I started going down the rabbit hole of fractals, and I'm realizing that the fractals are the opposite of the perfection. But it's also perfection, and they also have cycles and everything cyclical, even even in the fractal side. But if you look at lightning, lightning operates on a on a fractal wavelength. A lot of things do, and and I'm and all the scientists, including you know me and everybody else, we're when we go down that rabbit hole, we're like, how did we miss this, right? Because we were too busy looking at the perfection and trying to go down that rabbit hole, which was infinite. You know, it's infinite; it goes on forever. So then you have a, 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 the fractals, not not fractions, but fractals, and that's the the exact same thing. It just has a little bit more chaos. And I'm not going to get involved in that because I'm still going down that rabbit hole. But I will be doing a a show with the woman who introduced me to the fractals. I'm going to have her on. And uh, at some point she knows that I just haven't spoken to her. Uh, we talk on messenger all the time uh, and I'm still going down that rabbit hole. I want to get more information, but, but I will be having her on to explain and talk about and discussing fractals because it's pretty badass. You should look it up. Uh, it's comical how they got on to it. That just is astoundingly funny, but it makes complete perfect sense. Right. And, and the reason that I say that is because here's how they stumbled onto it. And it was back in like the 1800s something. And I understand because they had, there was analog, they didn't have computers. So I get it. So what they did was, and they would, they, they even laugh about it themselves. This is how they got onto fractals. When you look at the spiral, the, the golden mean ratio, and it's perfection and it's just spiraling in, in, in forever. And you get, onto the three, six, nine, uh, and, and Thoth talked about that. And that's where reason why I'm talking about that now, because she just mentioned Thoth and, uh, talking about that and how Thoth was in, like Aaron was saying, was a lot more, uh, awake than people realized. And if you haven't read, read the golden tablets of, uh, or the emerald tablets of Thoth, you should, and you'd understand more about what I'm talking about here. And then of course, if you then read the, um, Gnostic gospels, 
you'll understand the the tie-in between the three, the six, and the nine, the twelve, uh, the thirteen, which is uh, only one person has said that. And I'm giving you guys a, a little bit of insider. Um, when I ask people that what they understand about the three, six, and nine and, and the progression, people would say three, six, nine, twelve because it's so obvious that it progresses to that. And then then they want to say, you know, from nine, ten, eleven, twelve, it's three, so fifteen, it's not, it's thirteen, right? And why is it 13? And what is after that? Uh, Thoth said it without giving you the math. So if you read the Emerald Tablets of Thoth, you'll understand the 3, the 6, the 9, the 12, the 13, which is the 1 plus the 3. Not 1 plus 3 is 4, right? But that's because of the of the 9 turning the energy back in. So you have the 3 energy, which is spiraling, let's say, outward, 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 outward. It could be inward. It doesn't matter. And then you have the six energy, which is spiraling the opposite way, inward, 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 inward. And each one of those would go on for infinity, forever, outward. Unless the nine energy, which is the God energy, controls the two and turns them back on the one and creates the Taurus. So it's a fixed electrical current or energy that never dissipates. So it's infinite, but it's infinite in a finite space. And then when you take that energy that's infinite within a finite space and you use the the your the three energy once again because the three energy is our energy me what i conduct because we conduct energy we consume food and that creates energy in our in our body that keeps us warm think about it we walk around at 96.5 degrees in a place that we air uh, that we keep the air conditioner and set it up at 72 or 74 so we're burning energy to, to keep that temperature at the same. And, and even, no matter what the environment that we're in, we're trying to keep that temperature, 98.5 or 98.6, people vary, against whatever temperature is on the outside, ambient temperature. That's because we have energy. And we will put energy into that because that's where we like our body to be, even though we don't like being in 98.6 degree temperature. We will try to cool ourselves down from that because we'll become uh, too too heated. So then we turn on an air conditioning to cool ourselves down to where it's 74 degree ambient so our body works at a balance that we like. Now, the reason I said all that is because we are a finite energy, infinite energy in a finite space, each one of us. So then when you take that energy, which is the God energy, and you add our energy to it again for an outcome, that becomes the 12 energy. That's the clock face. But the clock face is run by what? The one. The one in the middle, the center, which is controlling the arms of the clock. Right? Jesus was the 13 or the one to the 12 apostles. God is the 13 or the one to what? The 12 creations that are Jesus or Jesus-like creations, maybe with different names. Everything is cyclical like that in the universe. That's how the universe works. Even on the fractal side, it's still the exact same. But what they did was, let's get back to that real quick, and then we'll go on with this. What they did was they, they were trying to figure out, because everything's smooth, but everything's not smooth, right? If you look at the coastline where the water is or a river, the coastline's not smooth. So what they did was they took this perfect, smooth mathematics 
and they put it to a grid and then they colored in every grid, not just the, the, you know, the, the, uh, pixelated the smoothness and they colored, colored in every single grid square that every part that touched every part of that perfect spiral. But when you do that and you, and you have the grid, you know, you're going to have part of the grid that's going to have a little teeny nick of a line, but yet they're coloring in the entire box. And in doing so, now you have the perfection inside of an imperfect world. So it's the opposite of the perfect spiral. It's the imperfect. So it is the energy that is going one way say that's perfect and the energy that's going the other way is the same energy but it's going the opposite way so it's imperfect to the perfect way do you understand and then the god energy which is created by us because we're not of the universe otherwise we would just have instincts and we wouldn't have a thought once we have that thought then we realize we are a thought of the creator that gives us the power of creation because we are the creator. Do you understand that? So the fractals, they figured it out. It's comical how they figured that out. But in truth, it is, the math is sound and it is, and I'm going down that road even more. So that opens up doors and it has opened up doors in science that people just have no idea the wonderment of, of that. Our cell towers are because of that. Because of fractals, not fractions, but fractals. So that's really cool. And I'm going down that road, right? And here's a Sufi sitting there. Look at him. All right, let's continue here. Fortunately, it has been incorrectly evaluated by humans and altered with lies and reversals of fact by priests, which are a booby trap to prevent anyone from using the wisdom to discover a way to escape from the prison planet. 8,050. See, so freely given freely given she said that without the boundaries to stop you from figuring it out you would be able to figure out how to escape freely given she just said that but see she had to say that to make her there's her telling a little truth with many lies to make her lie work she had to give us the truth right well, all of that's there so that you don't learn these things. But yet, isn't this prison supposed to be in our mind wiping, supposed to be the, the way that we're not able to remember those things? Yet she keeps claiming over and over, she's giving us the hint. See, this is why I do this, because I see this shit. And I'm not saying that everyone doesn't, but most of the people don't. That's why you're stuck here. So even in her trying to discredit us and tell us you're never going to figure it out because all your shit was designed so that you wouldn't figure it out. Well, why would they feel the need to have to do that? Do you understand? So they're plugging holes in their own ship. They're running around plugging holes. That means it's breaking down. That means that nobody's minding the store. That means we're a prison colony that's stuck in a, in a penal colony that nobody is looking after if that's the case. And she's telling us that. So let's just for a, a, a shits and giggles pretend that we were created by a slave race to mine gold like everybody wants that Zachariah Sitchin's telling them that the Orion Crusaders 
told Moses and told Zachariah Stitch in that so that what? Vampire can't come in unless you invite him in. Why? Because they live in the same 3D reality that we live in. So they live by the same laws. So they have to propagate that this is a penal colony created by other three-dimensional beings so they can conquer it. Because if it were real, according to this alien, there's nobody minding the store. So if somebody wanted to come down here and take control of it, they can just do it. She's claiming that they're not doing it because they don't really care about us. But that they control us now because they control this quadrant. But we don't care. Oh, well, we don't think that you're going to get out. We're going to come back in about 6,000 years or so and, and maybe um, try and figure out how to get you guys unmind wiped. But she's telling us that it's happening daily. She's telling us then afterwards, well, all this other shit had to be created to keep you because you guys keep popping off and waking up. I mean, uh, you're in a penal colony and it's useless. Do you see how she's doing that? But the words in between the words that she's saying is, you guys are only stuck here because you don't have the knowledge you need to get out. That's it. Knowledge. That if you had the knowledge, you'd be able to get out. So all of this elaborate, elaborate scheme that I'm telling you was created was also that you wouldn't remember that. Yet we're all remembering it. Do you understand? So the system's breaking down either way. That's why I don't believe it's a penal colony, because if it was, I would be taken off the air and mind wiped. Because I'm telling you guys how to get out of here. I'm showing you the tools over and over. Some of you are understanding them. If that were the case, I would be the most disruptive prisoner, and they would isolate me away from the Gen Pop. Because having me and Gen Pop is rousing a bunch of prisoners and get making them rowdy. Yet I'm doing it. There's no prison guards. Means there's no prison. The prison is a prison of the mind only. And your mind is in this avatar. And it wasn't put here by 3D reality beings to trap your soul. It wasn't. It was designed because everything is designed perfectly. It was designed by the universe for a function. That function was for you to grow up and become an adult. Because you're a baby soul and you have to learn what it means. And our cycle of life shows that. You are born here as a baby. You don't know anything. You're mind wiped. And then you start to learn as you progress and get older. And then you're told that if you learn the right things and do the right things, you're going to graduate. So our entire societal system and structure is contrary in its ideology to a penal colony. And she's trying to convince us that that was created that way to keep you in this prison. So again, I'm going to put you in a prison and mind wipe you, but then to trick you, I'm going to create this all these religions that hint to you that you're free and that you're having a mortal soul and that if you learn the right knowledge, you can go to heaven 
But all of that was designed so that you wouldn't learn any of that stuff. I'm supposed to buy that. <laughs> so I'm going to put you in a prison and I'm going to dangle the keys in front of your face. And I'm going to say, you need these keys to get out of this door. And I'm going to hang these keys right next to the door. And I did that because there's no door there and there's no keys there, but I want you to believe there is. And then I'm going to create this idea that if you can just find the keys to the door, you can get out the door. And I'm designing all of that so you'll just sit still and there is no walls and you're not in a prison, but you think you are. That's basically what she's just said. Going to create a religion that's going to corroborate my story that you're in a prison and then confuse you and go, here are the key is. No, it's over here. Wait, no, that's the key. Here's the key. There's the key. Here's the key. Ha, sit down. I'm just kidding. And But you're going to believe that for all of eternity. You're never going to question and go, okay, this guy is just lying. So basically she's trying to say that we're, that we're Charlie Brown and that there's no way we can change our mind. And every time that woman takes that football and puts it down and says, here, kick it. We can't help ourselves. We have to run. Even though we know that she's going to pull it out from under us, we do it anyways, is what she's claiming. That we're all so simple-minded and stupid that we're going to chase after that car no matter what, because we're just dogs and that's what dogs do. But yet, we have to keep convincing you that you're a dog because for some reason you keep starting to think you're not a dog. So I'm telling you that that part is confusing too. I invented that so that you would then get confused and think you're not a dog and then get confused again and think you are a dog. And wait, what? Bunch of bullshit doublespeak. Do you understand? And and then you go, well, what about um, ascension? Well, that was invented too. Yeah, yeah, we invented that so that you would think that you were graduating, but it was really just so that you would go out through one of the gates we want you to go out through so we can capture you and mind wipe you. Yeah, yeah, that's why we did that as they're putting another cork in a hole that you found. Tunk, 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 tunk. Shore that leak up. They found another way out. No, no, yeah, that was done on purpose too, see? Right? And all of a sudden they're, they're freaking, uh, what's his name? Yeah, yeah, see? Yeah. Yeah. Then that was, that was done on purpose too. See, cause we're smart like that. Right. Don't question me. Or we're going to take a long walk off a short pier. Only I'm coming back and you're not. Cause we're going to put on some cement galoshes. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> right. Sharon, welcome. Passing through and, and caught you. Yeah. You happened to catch me while I was on the air. Right. Welcome. Welcome. So yeah, so now so now they now they're on top of the world, ma, right? So they, they just no matter what, they're just evolving along with it and going, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We we took credit for that. So yeah, yeah, that was part of the de deception. Yeah, yeah. That's a distraction that we did too. Denise says people are prisoners of their own mind. Willingness to open the mind and learn is the key. Amen, sister. Knowledge is the key. I literally read. Like I said, I read the, the uh, Gnostic Gospels. And in three of them, in three of them, they refer to, of course, we know, if you guys don't know, uh, in Christianity, they, uh, they refer to Jesus as the Lamb, because he was the sacrificial Lamb. 
So they always refer to Jesus as the Lamb, right? So in the Gnostic Gospels, which which were taken out of the Bible by Constantine at the Second Council of Nicaea, where they decided they wanted one Bible, so they'd have Mar Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the New Testament, and they took out nine others. I think it's nine. Don't quote me. I heard 12. Um, I would have to count. I just had a whole, I have a whole list on my phone that I got from the internet of all the different books and from people. Am I missing anything? And then I looked them up and I'm reading them. Three different books that were excluded from the Bible refer to the Lamb. And they all say at one point, uh, referring to that Lamb, that despising the Lamb... By by despising the lamb, you will not even be able to see the door to get out, let alone have the key, because the lamb is the key. Okay, so Jesus said in the Bible, the way to heaven is through me. Jesus is the lamb. Jesus' knowledge is the key. Not just Jesus, but the Jesus phenomenon. That has happened on this planet at least, I know for sure, seven, because I can tell you them. But I've heard 12. Different times in different places, a different person with a different name was the same soul that we refer to in the Christian world as Jesus. Right? And I've also heard that Jesus is, right? So Jesus is the son of what? The son of the creator. In those gospels, they talk about that. And they refer to the creator as an androgynous entity of energy. And in one book, they refer to it as the father-mother, one person. And the trinity is the father-mother and the son. The Christians trying to get rid of the mother character and making the father just be a masculine god changed the father-mother to the father and the son and the Holy Spirit. Well, how did the son be born of the father then? Well, they want to sell you on the idea that the father just created the son out of nothingness. But then that wouldn't be the son of the creator. It would be a creation of the creator like any other creation. They say, never mind that now, never mind that now. God's God and God can do what God wants. So they replaced it. So the Trinity for the Christians became the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost first, and then people got that word, didn't like that, and so they used the word Spirit now. So originally it was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. What's the Holy Ghost? Well, that's the Trinity. Well, no, there's only two, Father, Son. But they become one. That's the Holy Ghost. Because he's the voice. Oh, okay, so I see that. And that's talked about, but that the Creator was the Father, Mother. And because they are androgynous, they were able to give birth to the sun. And I'm I'm told that the universe, the Milky Way universe that we live in, has a consciousness because everything is alive. Everything. Doesn't matter what it is. Whatever you can imagine, it has a vibration, therefore it is. It just doesn't think. Because that starts when you are in this reality. When you're in this avatar. We live with a uh, you know one and two D around us all the time. And in the three D, because we're in three D. And then we're getting into the four and the five because we're becoming spiritual and we're starting to ascend. 
Okay, so the the energy that is the Milky Way galaxy, its name is Jesus. That's like almost revolutionary, right? To think about that. But see, she doesn't believe there's no spirituality in anything she's talking about. In fact, she talks about spirituality as though it's a flaw, which means that her race are a bunch of atheists. And she's talking like as if she's evil. But trying to sell that she's not. Well, we don't do anything. No one's forced to do anything. It's all voluntary. But you don't believe in any kind of God. Well, no, because we're gods. We're all the gods. We're the creators. We created the universe long ago. I was part of that, she says. Oh, I like this, Sharon. I'm going to put this up on the screen because I, I, I think you're really close. I do. And I can't dispute what you're saying at all because I think that's how close you are. Jesus is the creator who suspended time and imprisoned himself as Jesus' soul. Father is the creator of Jesus. You know, Father is the creator slash Jesus is son. Creator in the flesh slash Holy Spirit is his face in spirit moving across the earth, i.e. time. That's very good. It's very deep, too. Right? That's very good. And I think that that's very close to what the books are trying to say. Maybe even spot on. Right? Because if we're, and that goes with the law of one. If the logos is the word and the word is love, Jesus is the word. That's what they tell in all the Christian uh, things, right? Yeah, Denise says, excellent, Sharon, right? So if Jesus is the word, he's the creator. He's love. So he would be the sublogos to the creation. And then, then Jesus being, say, the creation of the logos being this Milky Way galaxy, everything in it is created by Jesus. He's creating the sub-sub-logos. He's the sub-logos from the logos. He created this universe because he was created as this universe. So everything in it is a part of its creation or its creator, Jesus. So that means that, what? That this entire quadrant where the sun is and the planet and the solar system was created by our creator, our creator is Jesus. And Jesus was created by his creator, who was the father or the father mother. So then we're here. So now we're the sub, sub, sub logos. We are a creation of the creation of the creator. So Jesus is our creator as much as the father is Jesus's creator. That's why I love what you're saying there, Sharon. So. Having me explain that, let's go back and I'll reread to you what Sharon said. Jesus is the creator who suspended time and, and imprisoned himself as Jesus' soul. Now, let me break that down for you, right? Let me break that down for you, what, what, what I know of what she's saying right there. Jesus, Jesus is the creator that created and suspended time 
creating the veil so that there's so that we're imprisoned and he imprisoned himself as the Jesus soul he also that's why he came here to this planet as a physical human calling himself Jesus and when they said well then your you know your kingdom is heaven he said no my kingdom is in the heavens think about what Jesus said now to to Pilate from from what Sharon just said and from what I'm explaining to you what Sharon's talking about if Jesus literally knew that Jesus was the entire Milky Way galaxy's personality and thought process and and being when they said well your kingdom is the heavens and he said no my kingdom is in heaven is in the heavens because there's other kingdoms there's other creations there's other galaxies well, then you're the son of God. We're all the son of God. They tried to get David Icke. I was just watching that back in 1991. And they were trying, he claims to be the son of God. And he's like, let's get this straight. All of us are the, the children of God. And there's not one that's, that's uh, you know, higher or, or, or more fancy except Jesus and the Godhead. And that's what he called the mother father, right? Or the father mother was the Godhead, right? But now we look at that and we see that and that we see that there's something more above that and I don't want to get into all that, but Sharon is, is, is getting to it. So then Jesus then came down. The Father Creator created Jesus as the Son Creator. That's what we're talking about. The Father Creator created the Son. Jesus is now the Creator, and this is what I was explaining to you, right? So Jesus is now the Creator of, of the sub-logos, or the sub-sub-logos, or creating the sub-sub-logos, which is us, right? And and the Holy Spirit is His face moving uh, Holy Spirit moving across the the uh, earth and time. And if you look at the Milky Way galaxy, the, the center of the Milky Way looks like that giant eyeball looking down at us. Isn't that funny? Right? So that's what that's what Sharon was was saying. I just had to break down what she said. Right? And that's what she meant. And she's right. She's spot on. If you read the Gnostic, the, the Gnostic Gospels, you, you'll get that what she just said to you. And thank you, Sharon. Sharon said to me, she said, thank you, Leo for the compliment you're welcome but i did it was i was you were telling the truth i gotta i gotta represent right you you were throwing it out there really really super deep too so that's why i was like let me unpack what she just said to you very profound then she said my voice is a is a talent and is a gift to us all well i don't know about that but thank you <laughs> i would hope that that my voice is inspiring in some way but you know so Sharon just gave you the keys, <laughs> guys, to the porch. <laughs> Ponder what she just said and what I just said, and then go back and read just the, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, or just read uh, the parts that pertain to Jesus before his crucifixion and the conversation that he had with Pilate. And you'll understand, you'll see Jesus from a different perspective and understand what Jesus is saying, right? When, when Jesus said things like, I will tear down the, oh, raise the temple. Only we use that word to rise up, and they used it to raise it to the ground. Oh, raise the temple, and then bring it back and rise it back up again in, in three days. He was talking about himself dying and being resurrected, not the synagogue that he was standing in when he said that. Though, there was, right when he made those kind of comments, an earthquake that knocked down some of the building. But that and so that had led people to believe that that was what Jesus was talking about, but he wasn't. He was talking about his himself, his body. 
destroying it and rising up again. And that's what he did. He's crucified, died. His body disappeared, and yet he walked the earth again. And then ascended. Right? So, looking at non-spirituality, which is what Errol, the alien, has here. No spirituality. There's only one way to look at the universe, and that's the way that she's trying to portray the universe here. And that's the way that most scientists, and I can't say all because I was actually surprised, um, and I can't think of the guy's name, but he's a, um, a nuclear physicist, and he's really smart, and he always speaks, has a mustache. Um, I can't think of his name now, and, and he talks all the time. You see him on Ancient Aliens and all the science shows, and I can't remember his name. He was on Danica Patrick's podcast, and it blew my mind because it blew her mind. It blew everybody's mind how spiritual he actually is, but in the scientific realm you can't be spiritual and so i always take shots at those guys and say that none of them are but i i stand corrected that some of them are i mean i know einstein was spiritual he said that about the universe right i may not know everything in uh, in the universe but i know that the universe was created out of love that was what einstein said and now we say logos and the logos is love that's what that word means creation is love and then, of course, we have guys like Mulchizedek, Drumvalo Mulchizedek, working with the governments, and they're realizing that the heart chakra, when tuned properly to the right place, and when you create from that place of love, that you can change this matrix. They discovered that in 2012. That's his name. Thank you. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Putting it up on the screen. Thank you, Sharon. That is who... She was referring to Neil deGrasse Tyson. Great man. Blew my mind how spiritual that man is. And, and then his, his explanation for a scientist is, is absolutely spot on. Absolutely spot on. Because as a scientist, I'm the same way. You're going down that road. You don't know what's ahead. And you don't know what questions to ask until you, until you ascend to a higher place of knowledge. He even says that so that you can see further down the road into the future to be able to ascertain what questions to ask. So even as a scientist, he realizes that you have to evolve and ascend to be able to recognize questions, the next proper question to ask. So we already, again, he was handing the keys to the Porsche in that interview. And I haven't, I don't think I see, I don't think I saw the entire interview. It was an hour and a half. And I think I got tired and went to bed and didn't finish watching it. So I'll have to finish watching it tonight. Okay, let's continue. ECE, destruction of the old empire home planet government in this galaxy. This was the end of the old empire as a political entity in the galaxy. See, and there's the center of the Milky Way galaxy right there, right? And if you look at it, it almost looks like an eye looking back at us, right? And there is like a nebula out there that does look like an eye, right? However, the vast size of the old empire will take many thousands of years for the domain to conquer completely. The inertia of the political, economic, and cultural systems of the old empire will remain in place for some time to come. However, remnants of the old empire space fleet in the solar system of Earth were finally destroyed in 1230 A.D., in addition to operatives of the old empire who run the earth prison operation, there were other beings from the old empire who came to earth. Since earth was no longer under the control of the old empire, 
After their defeat by the Domain forces, there was no police force to control military renegades, space pirates, miners, merchants, and entrepreneurs who came to Earth to exploit the resources of the planet for personal gain and many other nefarious reasons. For example... So, trying to show now, right, all the bad people that came down here in that vacuum, supposedly. <clears throat> right <clears throat> exploiting the earth and this is where you get the the creation stories from we're in this you know of of the human race being created by aliens right to mine everything and see here she's going to talk about the nephilim and, and this right here right so let's continue and let her spin her yarns uh now and show us again how measly we are and how pathetic we are right uh, and that we're trapped here and that we're useless nothings. Yet she's also telling us that we're Isbees, which is an immortal soul trapped in this avatar. See, so there's some truth to her lies. For example, the history of the earth, according to the Jewish people, describes the Nephilim. Chapter 6 of the book of Genesis describes the origin of Nephilim. Now it came about when men began to multiply on the face of the land and daughters were born to them that the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves, whomever they choose. The Nephilim were on earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. <clears throat> right? So now, if I'm... If I'm a captain of a ship and I'm sailing from Europe and it's about 1100 AD and I make my way around the horn of South America and I'm into new territorial waters that nobody has been to yet from Europe and I stumble onto a Pacific island Right? I don't even make landfall on the big major continents. But say I stumble onto an island. Let's just say I find Hawaii. Let's say that happened in real life. And when it did, <clears throat> the indigenous people of Hawaii thought that they were gods and offered their daughters to the gods. They weren't gods. They were just humans from another place. But they were all men. and They hadn't gotten laid in a couple of months. And these guys are walking around with half-naked women saying, here, well, yeah, break out the break out the grog and the and the and the rum and let's get jiggy. Well, they're not toting around any kind of contraception. So they're impregnating these women and they're being married to them. And that happened in real life all over the place when people showed up. Cortez landed in South America and they thought he was a god. And what did they do? Started screwing all the women, taking wives, killing the men. And quickly they realized that these people weren't gods, but they were already breeding with everyone. And now they were concerned that they were going to take over, which is what their plan was. So then they formulated a story about El Dorado, this place of gold, and sent them into the jungle looking for it, hoping the jungle would kill them, which is basically what happened. Right? And they had to leave, but then they had a stronghold, a foothold, and the Spanish ended up taking over the west coast of the United States and most of 
South America. Right? And then they called themselves Mexicans. Eventually called themselves Mexico and the different states of Mexico. And they can trace their heritage. There, but they were, you know, I was told that that means half man, but I don't know if Mexican, it means mixed man. That's what I was told by a Mexican. I don't know how it's true. I've never heard that anywhere else. But it would make sense, right? They're mixed people because they are. They were they were interbred half breeds with the indigenous and the Spanish people. But they thought they were gods. <clears throat> In 1943, 1942 was Pearl Harbor invasion, so the war in the Pacific started. There were islands out there that no one had had landed on yet. Again, like Hawaii was prior. When the American military troops landed there and cut a runway so that they could have a, a jump-off point to attack the Japanese and fly patrols out further, the indigenous population was there, thought they were gods. Again, offered up their women. And then when they left after the war was over, people came back to check on things in the military base or whatever, and they were flying over, and they saw the indigenous people, humans, had built out of bamboo an airplane and had it sitting on the runway. So they landed and asked the people why, and they said they were they, the gods were here, and they left, and they put this here. We built this to appease them, hoping that they would see that we have this same thing. They came in, and they would land here again. <clears throat> These people were not gods. They were humans from another place. They were people in 3D reality living on the same planet as them. Now, let's go and say that <clears throat> some of these people came from another planet. They're in 3D form. They are just people from another place. They're not gods. But to us indigenous people who did never have never had flight, spaceships, and they land 10,000 years ago, 1,000 years ago, 800 years ago, 300 years ago, 200 years ago, we would believe they were gods because they flew from outer space and landed here. And we would offer up our children to them and they show up and we got hot women. And everybody wants to have sex with them because they're gods. They're going to say, yeah, yeah, you're right. We're gods. Let's have your women. And they're going to debauch themselves unless they're good people and not evil. Evil people are going to take advantage of that. Some good would take advantage of it, too. You mean I'm going to get laid? All I have to do is tell them I'm a god? I'm, I'm down. Let's do this, man. Who cares? We're getting laid and we're partying. Then we'll take off later. Maybe we'll bring a couple of these chicks with us. <clears throat> nope, you can't do that because you can't have women on board the ship. It's bad luck. Well, it would be because everybody would be fighting over her. Right? So these people that came here, the Nephilim, right, the the god Inki, the, all of these people that they, we keep claiming are our creator gods, they're just fucking people from another fucking place that are living in the same reality, bound by the same laws that we are in. They're just from a different planet. No different than being from the United States of America and somebody showing up from Africa and you've never seen an African before. Or the other way around. When the Japanese were fighting in World War II, they had never seen an African-American or an African before. 
So when we had these African-Americans fighting in our military, it freaked them the fuck out. These dark skinned people they had never seen. And we, of course, said, well, there are night fighters because they're naturally dark and you can't see them at night. So look out. We're going to send them after you. And that was a propaganda thing to scare the hell out of the Japanese. They were just fucking people from a different place. Do you understand? When the Americans were in Vietnam, the Vietnamese referred to the Americans as long noses, monkey men, because they all have small little Asian noses and their features are very small and Asian. And then six foot tall Jewish Americans, Italian Americans, right, show up with big schnozolas and now all of a sudden they're freaking the fuck out. Who are these people? They're fucking totally different than us. Just people from a different place. <clears throat> Most of what they say is our creator gods. And there's at least seven different races that want to claim that. They're just fucking our, their version of a human. Gray, draconian. They come from a place where their race is bipedal with the soul. It's at the same existence as the souls of the human race. The difference is they come from a different planet and they have technology to get here that we haven't invented yet. That's it. Doesn't make them gods. Doesn't make them our creators either. They're going to tell you that because they want to fuck your women and they want to have control over you. So they have, they're desperate to convince you that they're in control because they were your creators and you're their slaves. Sound familiar? what's happening around the world right now with the rich and the elite desperately clinging to the fact that we own you we own this place not you us and you're our slaves why because they were told to propagate that because if everybody believes they're a slave then it's easy for them to believe that there was a creator race who created us as the slaves we've already decided we are and that creates that scenario here because we, as a collective mind species, are the ones who create the narrative in this creation, this logos. And Jesus, the creator of this logos, came here in the flesh to deliver that message more than once. And for those of you who are not spiritual in any way, in your minds, I am a lunatic. In your mind, I have no idea what I'm talking about. And that is why I'm here. That is why there's millions of us that are here for that purpose. It's not a Jedi mind trick that they told me so that I would keep coming back here because I'm supposed to believe that I'm on a mission. And that, oh, man, you just are. Yeah, okay, so what do you believe? All these people who say that, I'm like, what do you believe? Well, I believe that when I die, I'm not going into the light. That'll be the only thing. That's how you're going to get out. You think that's the way out. Okay, so if it is, where's the person in front of you that knew that, that did it? Why haven't they floated back down here and avoided the traps and come down here and said, hey, here's the way out? It's because you don't, you're, you can't. Do you understand? 
you can't unless you bring that with you here. And you wouldn't get to know it here because that's the knowledge that would free you. So why is it that they keep telling us there's a way out and we know the knowledge? Because it's true. It's right there in front of you. This is not a prison where somebody is standing outside with a gun. This is a prison that was designed by our creator for us to prove our worth. As a baby soul, you have to go through these certain things that the creator decided so that you then get the wisdom, the knowledge that you need, and you learn that knowledge so that you can then take your place as a creator in the creation in the universe. The whole purpose of this exercise is for us to be separated from the one true creator to experience every possible experience that there is or ever will be. And then report back with all of that knowledge intact and become one with the creator again. And then become another thought that goes out and starts all over in a different place because it's infinite. There never is an ending and there never will be an ending because there cannot be an ending to anything that was created by something that is immortal and forever. Except the pain body that you live in, in this three-dimensional reality. It's temporary. It's designed that way from its inception. But what occupies this space is your soul that you're supposed to become. You recognize, I think, therefore I am. And you become something more than this body or this thinking mind in this body. Yeah, Cheryl, that's a good idea. Cheryl says, I wrote down Sharon's comment. That's, I, I, I would, honestly. That she, uh, uh, Sharon, I said Cheryl. Sharon, uh, uh, I know Sharon. I've worked for Sharon for a, a long time. Sharon knows a lot of things, right? And she's really good at that kind of stuff, right? I should have her on my show, <laughs> right? So, but that was like perfect the way she said that even. That's why I was like, let me unpack this. Because if you read the Gospels all across this planet, from every religion, they're telling you the same thing. Everything in this universe is telling you the same thing. That's why when you realize, that's why that, that famous, I don't know who it was, but he was a, 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 a Sufi, trying to, to spend his whole life reading every book he could find to become awake to truly know the secret to the universe. And he went through his whole life. And when he finally woke up, he took all the books that he'd ever bought and he took them outside and burned them in the front lawn. Because once you understand, once you figure it out, it's so obvious that you look around and that's when everything becomes zeros and ones and ones and zeros. Proverbially, not, not literally, but in a sense. Because everything is telling you how to get out of here. It's right there. Everything is right there. You just have to take it, 
learn it, realize it, and do it. And that's happening. And that's why those of us who are here are assisting this to happen. And it's happening on a faster and faster scale. And that's normal. That's how the snowball effect works. At first, it's a little teeny snowball, and you're pushing it and pushing it and pushing it and pushing it forever. Oh, we're going uphill, man. And then it's getting heavier, and we're going uphill, and it's getting heavier, and we're still putting it's getting bigger and fatter and bigger and harder to push. And then eventually it takes on a life of its own and it starts to speed away from you. And you go, oh, there it goes. And you stand and watch it. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And now it's rolling on its own downhill. Woohoo! That's the seminal point. When the inertia takes over and it continues to snowball on its own, that's about what's to happen here. That is about, or that is what is about to happen here. In this reality, in this now. And some are most of us are pushing for right the fuck now, <laughs> right? And that's that's why all of this is coming to a head. That's why that there's this death roll by the by the elites, powers that should not be, with this pandemic. This is their battle of the bulge, and just like battle of the bulge, it didn't work. And there was a group of people that got caught behind enemy lines that continued fighting. I refer here to the Battle of Bastogne. Right? And then eventually people come busting through to get those people out. And then they continue to fight until people came and helped. And that's what's going on here now. This planet and everything that happens here is the reflection of the universe and the universal law. We are the microcosm to the macrocosm. Because we are the sub-logos to the logos. So everything's happening the way it's supposed to happen, only it's happening later than it was supposed to happen. Right. And when Jesus came and walked the earth, he literally his energy from his own creation, just like Sharon said, became an actual soul, physical body with his soul in it, with the collective consciousness of the Milky Way galaxy's personality here on earth. And that's very rare. David Wilcock talked about that just three weeks ago. Month, month ago, talked about that. And everyone else in all the multiverses are all looking here, and everyone in the in this universe are, are looking to Earth because Jesus came here, and they want to know what's going to happen next. Yeah, Marcus, I love you, brother. Yeah, I'm going to put this up on the screen and read it for those people listening. Into the, Welcome, by the way, Marcus. He says, this isn't so much a prison as much as a playpen for spiritually immature. Absolutely. That is, the, that is the best analogy that I've heard anyone, even better than what I've been trying to explain half the day. <laughs> 
it is. It's our playpen, and we can't get out of the playpen until we figure out how to climb up over the pin, right? We got to see the, got to figure out what to do. So because we're baby souls, right? Earth, he said, continuing, Earth slash 3D, that is, right? So yes. So that's exactly it. The, when you become a baby soul in this quadrant, you become a human because this is the closest that you, wherever you came from, this was the closest 3D place that sustained 3D life. So you're either from here or one of the existing planets around here or a different solar system uh, that was f- close enough to where there isn't any others closest to this one. And you became aware of yourself. I think, therefore, I am. And then you're here becoming. Right? I did a whole a whole webinar on that. Numa. Right? Numa is the spark of God, the breath of God. And you have to become that. So what happens is you when you first think, you realize you are that, and then you are in this 3D playpen because now you're born to the world as something, not and knowing that you are. And so because you're the first place you knowing, now you have to know what, what is it that I am. That is the playpen that you're in. And the life that you live here is you now learning. And it's the cycle of life on this planet. You're a baby. You're born. You're in a playpen. You start to evolve. You start to grow. You start to to learn knowledge. And then you ascend within this reality. You're no longer in the playpen, but you're still in the playpen. And that's where I say we're in a panic room inside of a panic room inside of a panic room. You learned how to get out of the playpen. You're no longer in that playpen as a human, but you're still in the human playpen. So you got out of that panic room into another panic room that's bigger, that's the same panic room that you were in before, but you're in a different place. You have more freedom now. And then you start to grow and you learn things and you go to school and you learn the world. Next thing you know, you're an adult and you start moving around on your own. And you start learning more and more things. So you you got out of another panic room into a bigger panic room, but you're, but you're, you're getting there. You're starting to ascend to the point where eventually you won't have to come back to this three-dimensional place. You'll go to the 4D, which is also another puzzle that you're supposed to learn another set of skills before you graduate to yet another. And you continue doing that until eventually, I don't know how long it'll take, but eventually you return and become one with the one. But first, whatever societal structure that you're a part of, you start losing your own individual personality as you get higher and higher and higher and closer and closer back to the source. You start taking on an identity as like the Borg, as one, the species. And then that species also starts doing the same thing and becoming and losing their identity to a larger group of species. (laughs) Right? As you continue to grow higher and higher and higher, and eventually you become one with what? Jesus, the Jesus mind, the Godhead of this creation. And then through Jesus and becoming Jesus, we then start to ascend back to the Father Mother. Do you understand? And everything is cyclical all the way spiraling up to that place. That's why the word spirituality is very close 
in its appearance to the word spiral. In fact, your mind thinks of them as almost the same thing. Think about the word that Marcus has on the screen right there, spirituality, and then think of the word spiral. And think of how much that seems to, to resonate in your mind as almost the same thing. Studying, spiraling, spirituality, spiritualing, the, the act of being spiritual. Do you understand that? I know it's a stretch there. But that shows you kind of cyclical. They're, they're all the same, right? A lot of S's there, right? <laughs> Is that from the serpent? <laughs> right. So, okay, I know that I'm I'm talking a lot more spirituality than, than the actual interview, but here's the thing. If this person were a different alien, there was, there was others that came down that didn't get any kind of a recognition because all they wanted to do was say the things that I'm saying. All they wanted to do was talk about the one and spirituality. And it pissed off CIA, drove them nuts, until they found one that was evil, because then they wouldn't talk about spirituality. Then they were like, we want your technology. What do we need to do? That was the only purpose for them in talking to these people, was to interrogate them to try and get secrets. They didn't give a shit about their spirituality. They don't even know that. Right? Because they weren't spiritual. Because those people are evil as well. Because the spiritual people are going to go, really? And they're going to want to talk to that being that is spiritual. Our government's not going to waste time on that. There's no time for that. We, we need technology because that gets us money. That gets us other places. That gets us tangible stuff. This whole spiritual thing you're talking about? Jesus Christ. Yes. That's who we're talking about. Oh, geez, there he goes again. Well, you keep saying it. That's why I loved Mel Brooks when, when he did that at the Last Supper and, and he played the character of the waiter. <laughs> And he was like, Jesus Christ. And the guy's like, yes. And he said, what? <laughs> you said my name. Well, no, I didn't. What do you think? Jesus. This guy's nuts. What? Yes. What? 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 You, you said my name. I love that skit. That's like, who's on first? Right? So if you guys haven't seen that, Mel Brooks, History of the World Part 1, and, and watch The Last Supper. <laughs> He's a genius. Okay. We're going to continue a little bit here, but not much longer because it is we're coming up on the two-hour mark right now. So... I'm not going to go too far into the future, right? But we will do some more of this so that people can't complain. You guys only did like a 20 minutes, man. The ancient Jewish people who wrote the history book called the Old Testament were slaves, herders, and gatherers. Any modern technology, even a... See, now looking for or looking back from 1947, they still believed that the Jews were slaves. We don't believe that anymore. We believe that they were under contract. They weren't slaves. And that was what the whole Moses thing was. It wasn't let, let my people go because they're slaves. It was because they were under contract. And he was bartering to, for them, for, to let the contract go so that people could leave and go back home. Because they were working for, building everything for. So they weren't being whipped and all this stuff that people talk about. right? Were they, were they probably treated bad? Yeah, probably. Right? Right, Sharon says, right, let's put this up there. Sharon says, um, spiritual is cool, cool. It does cross with paranormal, good and bad. Well, yeah, yeah, it does. Because in the, the whole evil thing is part of the whole good thing. So good and bad 
light and dark are, are the yin and the yang. You can't have one without the other. It doesn't work. Right. So for us to ascend, we have to have the evil boogeyman chasing us so that we have something to run from and we know where we're going. We're going away from that. So the people who are good people, who are light workers or who are, you know, good souls, they don't want to go to that place where everybody's evil like that. So they so they know they have a clear path. I, I need to go this way because this way is not where they are. So that motivates people and gives them a direction. Without that direction of the boogeyman chasing you, I'm going to rape you and pillage you and beat you and control you and all the things that evil people do. Without that being there, there was a time when that wasn't there. Before the veiling, before the before time was created, before evil was created, before the chaos was created. There was that time when everything was perfect and everybody sat around knowing that it was perfect and knowing that their existence doesn't really matter and they're going to get back to the one. And so everybody just kind of took their time. That wasn't fast enough for the creation. Everybody got stuck. Well, I got to figure something else out. What do I do? The creator tried a bunch of different things and eventually came up with what we have. Implemented it. Here we are. So, yeah, so the so spirituality goes in the, across the, the boundaries of paranormal and the, you know, good and bad, because it's designed that way. It's cyclical. It has to. It all has to work together. It's an ecosystem for the soul. It's an ecosystem for the soul for us to learn, whether we like it or not. You can sit down and say, fuck it. I'm not going to learn. I'm not going to do shit. You're still going to learn because it's still going to happen to you and happen around you and happen to people you know. So you're still going to have the effects even if you don't want choose to be spiritual. In fact, you can still ascend without being spiritual. So not all people who are atheists are evil. They just don't want to believe in that because that's not what they're believing in in this life. doesn't mean they're not going to make it. It just means it's going to take them a little bit longer than those people who are diving in a spiritual aspect, either good or evil. Right. So the slowest thing road that you could take is to not choose one side or the other and not be spiritually evil or spiritually good and not act either way. That will take you longer. And some people do that as that being that way. Do you understand? They do that for that purpose. Right. Another way to explain that is that with, with sports. There's all the you know, basketball, baseball, football, very fast-paced sports, hockey, tennis, racing, fast, fast, everything's fast. Basketball, man, pew, back and forth, running back and forth. And then there's baseball. And my son was here, and, and I was talking about baseball and was, was starting. And he says, oh, man, I can't watch baseball. It's too slow. And I said, son, I watch baseball because it's that slow. And I watch all other sports, too. But I watch baseball because it's the reset. It's slow. It's pastoral. It was invented in the 1800s. And you know it when you watch the game. But when you're there, the game's not as slow as when it's on television. When you're there, it's happening and you're involved in it. When it's on TV, they keep breaking for commercials. So you get up and run off and do stuff that you wouldn't. You That doesn't happen at the game, but it does. You just don't know it. Right. They have commercial breaks like in football. The, I was one of the guys who played for the Oakland Raiders. I can't remember who it was, but I met him and he was talking about this. Um, the, he knew that football was in trouble the first time everybody was just standing around on the football field. And he looked at the ref and said, hey, ref, what are we doing? Why are we just standing around? The ref said, oh, because the network's on a commercial. 
So the game was being played around the commercial breaks. They still are. You just don't know it. Rarely do you come in and they and something happened and you didn't know about it. And they're like, during the break, you missed this 95-yard touchdown pass. It doesn't happen. But when you're at the game, you don't notice it because you're talking to your friends. So you don't notice the time went by that, that um, you know, three minutes just went by and they didn't play a play. And unless you're just sitting there staring at them, not talking, like, why are, why are we not doing anything? How come I was just standing around? That's because you're not talking to anybody and you didn't kill that time. So when you're at the games, you don't notice that there's a break in action that lasts for like five minutes between a pitching change or whatever. You don't notice that because it's part of the sport. And you go into talking to your friends then, or you got to go to the bathroom and stand in line, go get something to eat. So by the time you do all that and come back, you're missing some of the game itself. But when you're at home, that's all right in front of you. And they're at a commercial. And you don't have to go as far and stand in line to get food or bathroom or any of that. So you get back and you're, Jesus, the commercials are still going? Do you see? So that's the analogy of the same thing. So, so some people take that road of not doing anything to ascend because it's the slow, long road. And they're not spiritual and they're not evil, but they're not holy. They just are, and they choose that because of the, the pilgrimage, because of the journey and the longer sacrifice that it takes to live and continue living that way, untouched by all of the chaos as much as possible and still learn and ascend. And there are souls who volunteer to live that way and every way in between. And we're all there in those places somewhere in our development. Do you understand? So that's why when, when someone says to me, you know, that's where you, you know, judge not lest ye be judged comes into play. Right. And that's also why when somebody says, you know, that guy was a mass murderer. I'm like, yeah, well, he was he's playing a part. And they look at me and go, that's hideous. Why did you just say that? He killed all these people. Yeah, that was what he was supposed to do. Yeah. He's serving as a bad example. He's serving as evil so that people know the difference. I'm not saying that we should make it okay and praise them. We should discourage that the way we do here as it is, because eventually they have to come back from that path anyways. They just don't know it. They don't want you to know that they know that. And they'll pretend to know evil is just like the Satan is the equal to God. No, not. Not. Otherwise, there would be that evil place that is as holy or as unholy as the holy creator. No, there isn't. We would already see it if there was. There's not. They love to tell you that because they want to they want to pretend that they're just as strong. That's part of their power is to get you to believe that they are more powerful than you are when they're not in any way. That's why they have to physically attack, physically imprison you, pass laws against you. They have to do all that because they put themselves in a position of power so they can do that because they know that that is the only way they can control you. They can't control you any other way. They can't take everything from you. The only thing they can take from you is your life. Everything else is yours. Well, they can erase your mind. That's voluntary and it's designed in the system. They didn't put it in place. So that goes back to the saying, right, that everything that is real cannot be destroyed because it was created 
by the creator as reality. <clears throat> everything that is unreal, <clears throat> pardon me, everything that is unreal does not exist. Therein lies the peace of God. Everything that is real cannot be touched or questioned or changed because it is. Everything that is unreal does not exist. Therein lies the peace of God. Ponder that, my friends. I love you all. Have a great weekend. Right? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into the show. All right, guys. Namaste. We're going to hold it here, and we'll start right here with the slaves. I'm going to write this down right now before I forget. <laughs> right. Write down where we are in the timeline here. 229. 39. Okay. All right. So we'll call it there. I went two hours and 10 minutes, right? And um, like I said, let me put me back up on the screen so you guys can see me here, right? <laughs> Where am I? And there I am, right? Okay. So namaste. I love you guys. Hopefully some of what I say resonates with, with you guys. Um, you're welcome. Julie said, thank you. Uh, like I said, have a great night and ponder this stuff. The keys are there. The door is there, right? We just need to show everybody where the keys are, and where the door is. It's in front of your face. Jesus was trying to show you, right? The way to the, to heaven is through me, the teachings and literally through Jesus, because you have to become one with that creator to find the creator of that creator. Do you see? So take it out of this playpen, Marcus, going back to what you said, right? So the playpen for the souls is where you learn to become a soul. And then you choose which path you're going to be on, on that soul. And then you learn the knowledge and, and things that you're, that that soul is supposed to learn either as a good soul or an evil soul because the packaging is different what you learn, what aspect of love, hate, knowledge, wisdom, all of these different things that we know to be true that these are the things that we're supposed to be learning here, right? So then you go down that path one way or the other or somewhere in between. Some people have a harder time deciding and it takes longer. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. That means you're on a different path. You're on yours. Do you see? We're all on our own path, but the only way that we're ever going to get there is we have to look within ourselves. And Jesus was trying to tell you that. Look within yourselves. Fix you. Once you fix you, you can then fix the problems of this matrix because you're the problem here. The door is open, wide open, waiting for you to walk out. It. You just have to see it. But to see the door, you have to learn what is the door that I'm looking for. So the knowledge is all here. It's leading you, and it's right in front of all of our faces. It always has been. But we're looking for the forest through the trees. We're trying to find the forest, and all these trees are in the way. Right? All right, guys. 
I love you. Pass this on. Um, I will be, like I said, we'll be doing more spiritual stuff on another day and then try to keep this stuff uh, kind of out of here. But it, it's all encompassed. You, I can't tell you about this alien talking about what's going on here without talking about spirituality. I can't. It's just everything is tied into everything else. So I can't talk about aliens without talking about spirituality. Why? Because their lives operate the same as ours do. If you're in a 3D reality anywhere in the multiverse, it's just like this. <laughs> right? So these people who are coming here from another 3D planet coming here are no different than me flying to China or the Chinese flying here. No different. Just people from a different place that's just like this one. Okay? They might have slightly different uh, uh, semantics like the religions do, but most of the religions on this planet are teaching the same thing, just slightly different. What makes you think aliens would be any other difference than humans? We have our way of doing things on Earth. They have their way of doing things back on whatever planet they came from. But they're still bound by the same three-dimensional laws that all the rest of us are bound by. And they will be forever and ever and ever. Amen. All right, guys. Have a great night.